Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I think also we'll be having a baptism to conclude our service here. Um, some of our children. Uh, I want to I just give from Life Church a great big round of applause to all the workers. Come on, all you workers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was phenomenal the way you chipped in and made this doable. Uh, it was too much for one person. Uh, Lindsay, our children's church pastor, is she gone this morning? Oh, there she is. Uh, Mom and dad's here. Uh, just headed it up, but she said there's no way she could have pulled it off without all the help that she's had from all you. So thank you so much. Uh, I knew that you had the ability to put on a top-notch uh, children's revival here. We traveled uh, a month or two ago uh, over to Alabama or somewhere over there to uh, a youth event, and I told them, I said, y'all can do that right here. And they done it. They pulled it off. Amen. Uh, grab your Bibles this morning. Uh, I'm going to conclude uh, a message that I started on uh, contentment uh, last week. Uh, we preached till 1 o'clock last week, so we're going to just finish it up and let you go. We're going to do the baptism. Amen. I do have several scriptures I do want to get in you, though. Let's start in 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 10. I've, uh, I've not uh, allowed, that's what we preached last week. Judas is my friend. This is the conclusion of that. And I'm, I'm going to fight the temptation not to go backwards and preach that sermon again. Uh, but we're going to try to build on that. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and Verse number 10. I, I, I've not allowed them to put the scriptures on the screen over the last few weeks because I just really, I really want you to bring your Bibles. I really want you to be going there with me. But if you got your phone or whatever you got, just go with me. First Peter chapter number 5, verse number 10. It says, But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ. After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now that scripture right by itself, uh, I'm afraid you just won't get the fullness of where I'm headed this morning, preaching on contentment. So I want you to look at that scripture again and, and uh, let me pick something out of it. 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 10, it says, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory. Uh, eternal means perpetual. It means something that's not fickle. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. Are you following me? It's, it's con oh, here's the word I'm after today, consistent. Amen. Somebody shout consistent. If you could just be consistent, you could change your life. Your money, your health, your weight. <laughs> you can say amen. Uh, if we could just be consistent, we could create better habits. Amen. Consistency is so powerful. And, and this scripture just says the God of grace, amen, meaning there's a grace to be consistent. 
Uh, and he said, the God of grace, he's called us, invited us into the realm of his eternal glory which is by Jesus Christ. Amen. In other words, God said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've called you to a place to where you, you don't walk in glory in January and lose it in February. Amen. That, that you're not on a high today and down tomorrow. Or you're not just walking in peace today and you're in total turmoil tomorrow. Wouldn't you just like to have consistency? Just a consistent peace, a consistent joy, uh, a consistent victory. Can I get a witness? Amen. Uh, and I didn't read that other scripture. Let me read it before I go. Verse number 11. To him be glory and what? How long? And then what? <laughs> Amen. So it be. In other words, uh, he said, I've called you to a consistent glory. Right? Uh, and your glory is your rapport. It's your reputation. It's your dignity, your honor. Amen. He said, I have called you to a perpetual state of honor. And what's cool is in the next scripture, it says to him be the glory and the, in other words, forever and ever. Amen. Meaning continually and perpetually. So in other words, the fruit of total consistency is total dominion. When you learn how to be consistent, you dominate every situation. <laughs> oh, y'all pray for me that I can stay in the saddle a little while this morning. Amen. Uh, the reason sometimes you ever feel like you're just nailing it one week and blowing it the next? How come Scott's the only one admitting to anything? <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I just love you, son. <laughs> Amen. Are, are you following me? Because you never dominate atmospheres until you learn to be consistent. Are you listening to me? That's why one atmosphere gets you when another one is conducive. God is about to call us and he's actually trying to enlarge your capacity. Amen. He's actually trying to take you to the next dimension. Amen. Is anybody, I, I don't know, I may be wrong, uh, but I don't believe you can be a true born again Christian with God living in you and not always desiring to go to another level. I mean, am I just out in left field there? I mean, to me, uh, God so created you to be progressive and to grow and to move forward and always mature. I think they, there's always that hunger in an individual to, to, to jump higher, run further, do more for Jesus. Am I right about it? Amen. Well, in order to do that, we have got to get the contentment down. So that's what we're working on. Amen. So uh, go with me now to, uh, let's see, where do I want to go? Uh, we're close to Hebrews. Let me pull a scripture out of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 5. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, let your conversation, and I'm reading out of King James. I'm sure you're reading out of uh, different translations, but that conversation actually means uh, your character, uh, your, 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 your morals, who you are. He said, let your character, your, your inward morals be without greediness. Amen. He said that shouldn't be in your character to always be needy, always needing more and be what? Content with what? Amen. I need y'all to catch that before I move on. Amen. There's people in here with a lot of stuff and there's people in here with little stuff. 
There's people in here with more than enough and there's people in here with not enough. But this scripture don't rule anybody out and said be content with what you have. Amen. Uh, uh, I'm afraid that some people think, well, if I be content with what I have, that means I don't have the desire for more, so God can't bless me with more. Can I help you this morning? Amen. It's being content with what you have that'll kick the door open for God to give you what you don't have. Because see, until you become content, it don't matter what you have, you'll never be happy. I harped it last week. We're going to work it again. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said, what? I will never leave you nor forsake you. The only thing that enables you to be content in where you're at and what you have and even in the situation that you're in right now is that you know he will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, we got to get this straight today. A lot of people think that if he ain't showering the glory on me, showering the blessing on me and giving me everything I think I need or want or, or, or that, 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 that is even even a necessity in my life, amen, that God has forgotten me. But this scripture said, I challenge you to be content with your in, with what you're in, and the only way you can do that is to know I'm right there with you. Amen. You don't understand how God can be so heartless uh, when you're going through something that he's not changing. Let me ask you this. Have, if you've got children, has your children ever went through crisis and you not hurt as bad as the child? Are you following me? Amen. Are you listening to me? It hurts him as bad as it hurts you. He said, but the only consolation, the only way to find contentment is to know I'm right there with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. I will go through this with you. Okay, let's go a little further. Let's go over to... 1 Timothy 6. Y'all are not used to it not popping up on the screen, are you? 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Verse number 6. It says, but godliness... Huh? But godliness with contentment is very profitable. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Freddie told me one time he'd never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. I don't know what that meant, but. We brought nothing into this world and it is certain, my brothers and sisters, we can't carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Don't, don't get me wrong. The Bible's not preaching against being rich. Amen. But it says those that have an an inordinate desire for stuff. Let's put it that way. 
Amen. Those who have that will to be rich. In other words, I need more. I want more. He said, they that, that have this desire fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. I wonder why... God would put two words that seem to be synonymous to me in the same scripture. He said this, this inordinate desire for more. Have you ever seen the like? We're, we're cultivated in a country that more is better. And now we're preaching that more is faith. Amen. That the more you have, the more faith you have. Amen. And, and that the more you have, the more favor you have of God. And it's hard not to do. And I hear us doing it all the time. Amen. But when we talk about the goodness of God, actually all we're talking about is God's ability to perform according to my desires. Amen. I mean, it's really bothered me over scriptures like this. Amen. Because if you're going to say God is good simply because he jumped at your every whim. Amen. What are you going to say? Amen. When he don't jump. Can I, can I help somebody about contentment? Amen. If, if, if you say it's the goodness of God manifested because I have all this stuff and I don't have any needs and I don't have any wants. Amen. Come with me to a third world country and let me show you the joy of the Lord in, in churches that don't have homes to live in. They don't have a meal for their, uh, for their children. Uh, is anybody listening to me? And they're shouting and dancing about the goodness of God. Oh, is anybody listening to me this morning? I'm afraid that the Americanized gospel has twisted the goodness of God. Paul said, he's good when I'm up and he's good when I'm down. He's good when I'm sick. He's good when I'm well. He's good when I'm rich and he's good when I'm broke. It does not alter the nature of my God. What's warped is your perspective. Somebody say, I want contentment. Well, you can't get contentment until you get the gospel right. Amen. <laughs> For the love of money, he said, it'll drown men in destruction and perdition. Uh, destruction is just simply ruin. Amen. You can have lots of money and be ruined in character, ruined in nature. Are you listening to me? Ruined. Always give me, give me, give me. I got to have more. I got to have more. And then no matter how much we get, we just want more. And we lose friends to gain things. We sabotage relationships to get our hands on things only to find out that there, there's no substance to things. Can I get a witness? And, and what's amazing, how powerful this concept is I'm talking about, amen, is, is he said it leads to destruction and perdition. Destruction is just natural ruin. Perdition is when my spiritual soul, my spiritual content is totally drained of me. He said, that's what it'll do to you when all you're ever thinking about is I gotta have a little more. 
Oh, God, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to wait around in this, amen, that it's never enough, amen. And I'm going to prove to you, amen, that discontentment uh, is not a natural crisis. Uh, it, it, it's not a natural malady. If it was, you could take natural things uh, and heal discontentment. But discontentment is an inner insufficiency that nothing can touch. Amen. God wants you to be whole. I've called you to an eternal, perpetual state of contentment, irregardless of what's happening on the outside. Amen. Can we go a little deeper in this? Amen. For the love of money, somebody shout the love of money. Uh, let me correct this. Money is not the root of all evil. A gun is not the root of all evil. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. I said a gun is not the root of all evil. The evil is in the heart of the holder of the gun. It's the same way with money. Money is not the root of all evil, but it's the overwhelming craving to have this thing that'll cause me to forfeit everything. <laughs> he said, that's the root. That's the root right there. Amen. I believe, we, I, believe I want us all to be rich. Abraham was rich. I, I wrote a book and I put that in a chapter. He said, I want you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. Amen. But we got to get it right. Somebody shout, get it right. The love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after. We're greedy about. And look what happened. They erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He said, if you don't get it right, you're going to cause yourself a whole lot of trouble. Amen. All, all it's going to do is cause a whole lot of trouble. Amen. I said I was going to be short today, so let's go to my next. Let's go to Philippians. Chapter number four. I feel, I feel our father in this house today. Oh, these have become my favorite scriptures. These, these are all I can see right now. Philippians chapter number four, verse number 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at the last your care of me have flourished again, where also, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. That's hard to understand. He said, you was really wanting to send me some money because I'm out here on the, on the mission field. Uh, and, uh, but in verse number 11, he said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in, therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now let's all read it together, verse 13. But I can do all things He said, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. The word learn actually means I have, got, I have gained knowledge by experience. Amen. Let me tell you something, the way the Bible is written, amen. We write in abstract and the Bible writes in concrete. Amen. In other words, uh, when the Bible writes, it feel, the Bible, uh, the Hebrew language actually teaches you have not learned a thing until you have experienced it. Amen. In America, we feel like if we have the knowledge of a thing, we know it. 
Is anybody with me? Amen. When in reality, we don't know. Uh, all I have is some information until I get catapulted into the situation uh, and now I have an experiential knowledge. Uh, is anybody listening to me? And Paul said here, I have learned, I have gained knowledge by experience. I have learned that whatever state I'm in, I have learned to be content. Now, the word state means condition or circumstances at any given time. Paul said, I've been through enough to learn and to understand how to be content in any given say, uh, uh, situation. I'm going to give you another definition again of the word content. Now, go with me on this. It's really important. To be content means to rest or quietness of the mind in the present condition. Isn't that good right by itself? It means a satisfaction which holds the mind in peace, restraining complaint, opposition, or further desire. To be content means to be in such a frame of mind that I am so satisfied with my current state that it restrains me from complaining. I need you to look at your neighbor right now and say, you need this one. Huh? Uh, are you listening to me? Do, do, do you ever find yourself complaining? Huh? Complaining about your job? Complaining? Oh, Holy Spirit just jumped right in there. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I tell you what, let me have your job. Give me your job and let me give it to somebody else. Amen. Because I promise you, they're going hungry and they will be praising God. They will be dancing around the table at that $7.25 that you're griping about. Oh, I, somebody better help me this morning. Amen. Why can I tell you if you're griping there, you'll gripe in the promotion. You'll gripe when you're making 100000 a year and three. 300,000? Paul said, I have learned in whatever state, whatever condition I'm in, I am such contentment that my peace will not let me complain. God baptized this church in contentment, amen. Not only, not only will my contentment not allow me to complain, it stops me from pushing against it. It stops me from opposing, opposing. Uh, see, wow, 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 wow. While you're complaining and opposing, Paul said, I've done learned how to give God a praise right here where I'm at. And as a result, I got peace here. I got joy here. God, if you want to move me, that's good. But you're good right here. And I'm going to praise you right here. He said, this kind of contentment is profitable for you. My God, are you listening to me? Then say our bedtime prayers. Oh God, I just love you so much and I praise you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad God ain't like me. I said, I get a grip. You fussed all day long, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> uh, ain't you glad God's so good <laughs> in that way? Amen. Are you listening to me? Always complaining. Amen. Always complaining. Complaining about that car you got. Well, let me have it. I'll give it to somebody that ain't got one. And when you come down the road like this, <laughs> you... Huh? When we see you getting to work like this right here, I guarantee the next one you get, you'll be, 
Oh, you'll be doing the, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the, the floss. Amen. When you get out of that old jalopy, ain't got no air conditioner. We got to get a grip. My God. So God's got to get all your little circumstances conducive so you can worship. Oh, this feeling get deep, amen. Can I tell you, it ain't worship. If it is worship, you're worshiping your current state. You can tell if your worship is going up or if you're worshiping your current state when your state changes and your worship diminishes. Somebody ought to help me this morning. Paul said, I have learned. I have learned in whatever state I'm in, therewith to have a peace, amen, that keeps me from complaining. I'm not standing in opposition to it. He said, as a matter of fact, there's a moderate degree of happiness. Just love that. You can be happy right where you are. Matter of fact, may I submit to some of you? You'll never get out of where you are until you learn to be happy where you are. Because if you need God to do something else to make you happy, when he does it, he's just set a trap and you're going to need something else for him to make you happy. And there's no real, true, inner joy in your life. Look, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Look at this. <laughs> I've tried to scroll my Bible up. Did y'all see that? I use the iPad too much. Contentment is, y'all got to write this down because it's going to get deep. Satisfactory competence. I'll explain. Contentment is satisfactory competence or sufficient quantity. This is what, the, the true degree of contentment. Uh, turn, give me a little extra volume, somebody. Give me some extra volume. Even if it's a little too loud, I want some extra volume. Uh, it's, contentment is satisfactory uh, let me read it again. Competence or sufficient quantity as opposed to relying on an external stimuli. In other words, true contentment is I'm content where I am and with who I am and what I have. L let me work this. In other words, I don't need anything external to improve my value. Oh my God, this is so big because every one of us is plagued with this. Isn't it amazing, amen, that, that uh, if I don't have hair, I want hair? If I do have hair, I don't want hair? Is that true? I'm not sure about that one. If I have straight hair, I want curly hair. If I got curly hair, I want straight hair. Amen. And I got, I got devices in my closet. And my, my wife's got devices. She can clamp things on her hair and pull. 
and steam is going, don't you? And it'll be just as straight. And if you don't like that, she's got another device. It's and it's all crinkled up. Huh? If I got blue eyes, I want brown eyes. Somebody ought to help me right now. Isn't it amazing how the devil has just got in? If I'm tall, I want to be short. If I'm short, I want to be tall. If I'm fat, I want to be skinny. If I'm skinny, I want to be skinnier. <laughs> I got that one, didn't I? Hey, man, are you listening to me? It's the spirit of discontentment so that we can never, and I'm undouble, and I'm, and I'm always wanting to wear somebody else's jersey so it'll make me feel better about my athletic, athletic handicap. <laughs> Is anybody listening to me? And I, and, I, and I want to be you, and I want to be you, and I want to be like you, and I want to drive what you drive. I want to live what you live in. Oh, my God. And God never gets any glory. God never gets any honor and I'm always discontented and I'm always insufficient on the inside. So if I have more money, it makes me feel better about myself. You know, if I can say I make this much a year. Amen. You know how us guys are. We like, we like a bunch of dogs. We get around each other. Come up here, Kobe. Here's how we do. Amen. We kind of we kind of just mm-hmm. I'm watching you. Huh? What you do for a living? Huh? What, uh, what kind of work you got? Are you following me? Amen. And I'm trying to put value on him. I'm trying to put value. I'm trying to find out if I'm more valuable to you. Is anybody listening to me? I'm trying to find out because if my occupation in my eyes is a little better than yours, then I feel a little better about myself. Is anybody listening to me? And I'm never content because there's somebody here that makes more money than me. I was a logger all of my life, and I would, I would meet people. What are you doing for a living? I'm a logger. Oh, you a lawyer? Um, yeah. They <laughs> thought I said lawyer. I said, God, look at me. <laughs> Do I look like a lawyer? Is anybody listening to me? Oh, I'm preaching something that's so important. And as a result, we can never walk in a state of contentment. And our value is always attached to somebody's response. Amen. Whether it's good or bad. Amen. And if you let people raise your value, them same people can lower your value. Paul said, I've learned whether I'm starving to death or where I got a, a meal in front of me. I have learned to be self-satisfied. Now, now the self-satisfaction comes from I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. I'm telling you what, this American dream has become the greatest nightmare that's ever struck the young families of today because everybody's got to have two jobs and three jobs. I know it's ain't popular, but I'm going to preach it. And I'm not even saying there's nothing wrong with that. As long as my worth is not tied to my net worth. Let me say it another way. As long as my value is not tied to my net worth. Paul said, so I've learned in whatever state I've had to be, I, I, I want this to be deeper than this because consistency is tied to contentment. Okay, look at it this way. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I'm in, I'm consistently content. I'm consistently, moderately happy. I'm consistently not complaining. Are, are you seeing it? In other words, he said, it, it don't matter. Because see, 
if, 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 I, if I only have those attributes when everything is good, then they're not genuine, right? They're not real. Look at this. Consistency is the measure of true contentment. And let me put it like this. Consistency is the measure of the true content. In other words, you may see me on the mountaintop and judge me this way. But you've never seen me in the valley. Because if you saw me in the valley, it wouldn't be the same guy. Come on, who am I talking to? That you saw on the mountain. You, you, you saw me before I got the report. And I thought my joy and my faith Come on, is anybody listening? I thought my faith and I thought my peace was from God, but it was actually in my circumstances. So Paul said, God has taught me in the word. He said, listen to this next uh, definition. He said, uh, I've learned whatsever state I'm in to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. Somebody shout that with me. Everywhere and in all things. Somebody shout everywhere and in all things. Somebody shout everywhere and in all things. Meaning I don't need a geographical location and I don't need a certain uh, uh, circumstance amen that for me to be content. Paul said it don't matter where I'm at. I can be standing in the king's palace talking to Agrippa about a saving Jesus or I can be in an inner prison tied to a soldier and I can see the same soul. Is anybody in this place? I can pray the same prayer. I can sing the same song. You know what we'd have been saying? God, you're not faithful. Paul said, you know what? He said the word instructed means to be taught or trained by exposure. See, some of you wanted to go to depths and dimensions with God that you can only get there by being exposed. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because see, the scripture says, you ran with the footmen and they wearied you. How in the world are you going to run with horsemen? Oh, somebody help me right there. He said, you had peace. Amen. He said, if you got weary in the land of peace, what are you going to do when the Jordan swells? In other words, you're wanting to go to deeper depths. You're wanting to go to higher dimensions. But every time I expose you to opposition, you lose your joy. Somebody help me right here. You lose your worship. Amen. And here you are in a controlled environment and you still can't worship. Is this too much? I mean, I got you in a controlled environment. So, so you're wanting more. You're wanting, to, you're wanting to do more for me. You're wanting to gl glory for me. So the only way I can train you is to expose you some adversity. Amen. And, and Jeremiah was fussing because the people wouldn't listen. And God said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Your old friends wear you out. What are you going to do when the devil comes against you? Are y'all okay? 
And here you are praying to me, I want to, I want to, I want to go deeper, Lord. I want more. I want more. I want more. Can I tell you something just from the little level I'm on? The higher the levels, the bigger the devils. Uh, amen. That's profound. You ought to write it down. Uh, if them little mealy mouth devils, because somebody said it a red light too long or a green light too long for you and you lost your victory over it, amen, and you want me to send you out there where there's opposition, who am I preaching to in this place? He said, he said, you can't even run with a footman and you want to go race horses? So he said, I heard your prayer. So I started exposing you to some adverse situations to teach you how to navigate adversity. But you got mad at me. You got mad at me and said, you're not faithful. God's not faithful. God can't be trusted. Well, let me tell you what gives God, amen, what makes God, God. I just told you that the measure of uh, consistency is the measure of your true content. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All good and perfect gifts comes down from above, the Bible says, from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness. He's not fickle. Is anybody listening to me? He's not fickle. He's not inconsistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same when I get my prayer answered, and he's the same when I don't. Right by my side. Said, yeah, you're going you're gonna to go through it, but you ain't going to go through it by yourself. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you because I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What makes God trustworthy is he's always consistent. So Paul said, I know how to be abased. Here's one for you. Somebody Google that. What's abased mean? Come on, Google it. I'll tell you what it means. It means to be degraded and humiliated. What? You ain't got no right talking to me like that. I'll find me another church. You hear me? Huh? God, get them. Get them, God. Strike them dead. Let lightning fall from heaven, O oh Lord God. Burn them up, amen, because nobody ought to talk to people like that. Who am I talking to this morning? Amen. Are you listening to me? Maybe God put Judas in your life to, to, to train you by exposure that everybody's not always going to applaud you. Amen. Is anybody listening to me? If you want everybody applauding you all the time, then you stay there in your pew and you keep your arms crossed and don't you do anything for Jesus because when you start doing something for Jesus, somebody, who am I? Come on. Somebody's going to hate on you. Somebody's going to talk about you. Somebody's going to Facebook you. You know what? And if you understand what's going on, you'll say, uh-huh, I've been trained for this. I love it. I love it. I had to go through hell when nobody else was looking. I got hurt. I got offended. But I've been trained for this. Now, God, you can put me in any state you want me in. And I can be content. I can be satisfied. It won't destroy. God is protecting the most of you from your own destiny. Because you get weary 
with footmen. You can't let one little smart remark from a waitress. That's you, you can't take one little late. You can't take, amen, that you asked for Coke and got diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, my God. It's the end times. The Bible says persecution would come. I knew it was coming. This persecution is so bad. Oh, oh God. It's just... I've been watching Tim. It's so bad. I knew it would come. Amen. It says the elect was going to be persecuted. I must be elect. I asked for somebody ought to help me. Amen. And, and God has said, well, I got to take that destiny back. I got to take that destiny back. Because if you can't handle that, when I put you on a national platform or a community platform and people start hating on you, Paul said, I have been trained. I've been trained. See, a lot of you never make it through training. Because you don't know how to be content. And, and here's the deal. You can't talk yourself into contentment. Discontentment is a sign of inner insufficiency. Your insecurities is killing you. Because you haven't got the revelation that I will be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And no matter what hell I'm going through, he's in the fire with me. He's right here with me. And though all forsake me, he's more than the world against me. Is anybody in it? And when you learn. But see, you didn't know you were being trained with the little things. little things there ain't nothing no more aggravating than that light to be green but you're about 200 yards away but you know if you gas it I think I can make it I think I can make it only for it to turn yellow before you get to it and then you gotta sit there at the red light Are y'all following me? Somebody, she, she could have been a little nicer when she gave me my drink. Uh, he, she, she could have. She could. Man, this is so real right here, right now. It may seem shallow, but every one of you has been aggravated because of service. Amen. And you know what you're saying when you get aggravated? I deserve better. Amen. Why don't you get up and serve somebody <laughs> Oh, I feel like I'm getting an attitude. I need to back off right here. Are you listening to me? Amen. The, the, the whole world is designed to revolve around your emotions. <laughs> what are you grinning so big for? <laughs> and God said, I'm trying to enlarge your capacity so you can be used for my glory. So Paul said, I have been trained by exposure on how to be humiliated and abased. I bet you I could pick 99% of the men in this building and just go to poking you in the right place and you would black my eye sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a high five on that one, buddy. Are you listening to me? Huh? 
and then pray, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I want to be used by you. Life Church, are y'all hearing this pastor this morning? Amen. Paul said, I have been trained by exposure how to have plenty in my life. I ain't got time to preach that, but the reason a lot of people don't have plenty is because God can't even train you to have plenty because it changes your whole demeanor. Changes everything about you. I don't know how many jobs we've prayed in and prayed the people right out. Some, while they didn't have a job. <laughs> but then when they get a job, I'm too tired to go to church. Oh yeah? Well, I, why don't you come back and ask me to pray for God to remove your job? <laughs> Ty said, my God, this preacher's crazy. What? Are you listening to me? It's when we let external things. Are you listening to me? Amen. It's, it's, it's amazing how I got to move on. I, fin- I ain't going to say that. Paul said, I prayed, I, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. He said, I know how to be full and I know how to be hungry. Are y'all listening to me? You know what that tells me? Paul went hungry sometimes. Paul went hungry sometimes. Now that's pretty low when you don't have the necessary food to fill your belly with. And he said, even in that, I learned to have a moderate happiness because my God is right here in this thing with me. I'm going to say this. I have learned now that your contentment is the closest thing you have to godliness. Because contentment means I'm consistent. My emotions are consistent. My feelings is consistent. My worship is consistent. And when I'm consistent, I'm more like God than ever in my Christian experience. Because he's just so consistent. I hear the Holy Spirit trying to pull me in a direction that God said, I'm trying to get you into a perpetual state of glory. I'm trying to get you into where you have a sufficiency on the inside that it don't matter what happens with the job. It don't matter what happens with the health. It don't matter what happens in my life. There's a consistency. God said, I'm calling you and I'm giving you a grace to have a perpetual state of glory. This is the ultimate level of peace in Christianity. When you get to this place, the devil has no other hold on you. What's he going to throw at you? What's he going to throw at you? So God said, I put you through some stuff to deliver you of some stuff that's producing inconsistency. I'm going to throw this out there and close this thing down. God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. Amen. 
And buddy, here they come out. And I, I, I believe that that's a picture of the rapture. They didn't come out broke. They didn't come out busted or disgusted. Uh, matter of fact, if you break the scripture, they come out like a mighty army marching. They come out whole, healed, well. And they had spoiled the Egyptians. They had all the wealth they could ever imagine. Here they came out. Here they came out. Out of bondage. And they were making this great big pass. And the promised land wasn't but 11 days away. And they had a straight shot. And listen to what God said. I thought, uh, yeah, listen to this scripture. God spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they turn around and go back and count at Piharoth between Migdal and the sea over, over against Balzaphon, before it shall you count by the sea. Now those words means, one of them is the mouth of the gorge, one is a dark and gloomy and unknown place. All they had to do was keep running in the direction they were going in. And God said, wait, turn around and go back. And they went around a little hook, a million people plus, and they went into a gorge. It's the mouth of a, an enormous cave, if you will. And Migdal was on this side, which was sheer cliffs. And the sea was on the other side. And God said, now I got you right where I want you. He said, because what you don't know is your enemy is still chasing you. And if I don't take you through the way of faith and let you go your way, you're always going to be running. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In other words, you're going to be a free slave all your life. You're going to be a free slave all your life. If I just let you go the way, amen, that you think it's the best, it looks like the easiest, and we're on our way, he said, I need you to come around, and I'm going to set it up, amen, to where there is no other way out, amen, because listen to what he said. He said, count by the sea. He said, because when you get in this predicament, Pharaoh will say, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And your enemy's going to say, they're not going to get out of this. There ain't no way out of this. We're going to destroy them. But I'm trying to get you into a realm of faith because your enemy can't travel the realm of faith. Amen. Your enemy can still chase you. And there's multitudes in the church today that are calling themselves free, but their past is still chasing them. Oh, I ain't talking to everybody right now. Amen. And we still got one hand worshiping and one hand still wanting to reach for what I had yesterday. 
Uh, you can't say nothing right now, but I'm telling the truth. Amen. Coming out of depression, oppression, coming out of a lot of things, and I'm just one step ahead of my enemy all the time. Oh, somebody pray for me right now. I'm just one step ahead of my enemy, but I'm doing it my way, and I'm going this way. Say 5, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, and it wouldn't take but one trip to be right back into Egypt. I was out uh, all the time speaking in tongues, saying, I'm born again. God said, I got to take you away. You think that you're hemmed in? I'm taking you into a place of total deliverance. And they said, Moses, what have you done? We would be halfway across that desert. What have you done? And Moses said, the enemy you see today, you will never see again. I'm going to close with a prophetic word. God told me to tell somebody in this building that if you'll follow this way, that enemy you have fought for years, you will never fight again. It was not... Somebody give the Lord some hand praise in this place. You hear? But the problem is, uh, it's in a way that you may get discontent because you ain't got nowhere else to turn. Shut up, Osai. You ain't got nowhere else to turn but him. And God said, Moses, you're not trapped. I got your enemy trapped. He said, stretch your rod out over that sea. That sea began to part. And they started walking this way of faith. And when the enemy tried it, their, their chariot wheels was falling off. Are you following me? The reason you're still fighting the same thing you have always fought is because you keep taking your own way. And God's trying to hem you up to get your enemy hemmed up to a place where you can stand in complete contentment knowing he is my only way out. Mm-mm-mm. And Moses got on the other side of that Red Sea and looked back and stretched out that hand. And it swallowed up their enemy. That's a prophetic word for somebody closing out this service. Amen. You're still fighting an enemy and calling yourself saved. And God said, we're not nothing but free slaves. Always running from something. Trying to stay a little bit ahead of it. Then if I would put my complete trust and confidence in him. And allow myself to be content. He would teach me some things I can't learn running across that desert. Hey! He would teach me some things. I could be instructed in some things. If I'd quit submitting to the flesh and allow God to put me in a corner. God told me to tell somebody he's not trying to hem you in. He's trying to set you free. He's trying to set you free. Some of you are faith. Listen to me. This is real important. For just a few minutes. It's still not late. You battle the same mindsets. Same, same situations. You may speak in tongues now, but battle the same situations. You may read your Bible now, but battle the same situations. 
Because you never learned how to be content. And you didn't learn how to be content because you didn't let the exposure train you. Oh God, somebody get that. You fought against it. You rebelled against it. You pushed against it. And your destiny's locked up because you couldn't make it through basic training. (laughs) Anybody that ever makes it to their destiny has to come through basic training. Because you're going to face devils out there. What's basic training all about, military guys? It's simulated adversity. Control chaos. I love to watch it on, on, on the internet. You got people screaming, bombs exploding. People dying all around. And it's all simulated, all to prepare you so that when you get in that situation, you're totally trained. And you don't fall apart when we can't when we get aggravated because it takes so long for the hot water to get hot when I turn on my faucet. So impatient. So discontentment. And, and here, this is a very special altar call. And what you don't realize is it's all coming from in here. I'm just not happy with who I am and what I am. And I have a very poor value of who I am. So I need everybody applauding me. You know, Scott, we're just real big around here on honoring. We're big on that. We're big on applauding and saying you've done a good job. But let me tell you what. It's like we're addicts who live on applause. I need you, I need you, I need you. And a lot of people who give and do things simply to get. I just need affirmation. I need you to say, wow, I know what you've done. Good job. Good job. And we're puffing up an insecurity in us that God wants to heal us of this morning. Stand with me all over this place. The altars is always open here, but this could be my last sermon on contentment. And I know for a fact If you get this sermon, these last two, if you get this, if you get this, you're going to be free. You're going to be free. If you get this, the world won't have to bow to you no more. If you get this, there ain't nothing from the outside that can affect you anymore. Can y'all receive what I'm saying right now? If you get this one sermon of learning how to be content in any situation, you'll you'll avoid the snares and the destruction. And then you will walk in the perpetual glory that you've been called to. And as a result, you will constantly walk in glory and dominion. Can y'all receive that? Can you imagine 24-7 to be in complete control of you? Complete control of your emotions? You wouldn't need no outside source to help me control my emotions that I'm in complete dominion at all times. 
Well, I'm going to throw a real bold statement out here. I'm persuaded to believe until you dominate you, you're in no position to dominate anything else. I don't think you can dominate devils if you can't dominate you. Oh my God. Are y'all with me? We're not in the position to take over parishes until I can take over me. Because if I can't take over me and he gives me that much authority, somewhere down the line, I'm going to use me. Are you following me? God wants to do healing in this place right here. You ain't got to step out. If you don't know Christ, these altars is open to you this morning. Amen. But I, I just need somebody to get a hold of this word right now. And I need our prayer to be, Lord, baptize this church with contentment. To where I can just be happy, Steve. God just wants you to be happy. But not just happy because he turns the world upside down for you. Just happy because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, stretch your hearts, your hands, ever how you pray right now. This is your altar call. This is your altar call. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that I could step into uh, a sufficiency on the inside that I don't need nothing from the outside. That's where every drug comes from, every smoke comes from, every drink comes from. It's looking for some type of happiness or pleasure that I don't have abiding within me. It will set you free when we are totally satisfied in the state God has called us to be. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is your prayer time. This is your prayer time. Those that are being baptized can go and begin to get ready. But this is our prayer time right now, Lord. Lord, I want to be more content. Uh, God, I, why don't you pray right now? God, would you expose uh, in me if I have an inordinate affection for things? Is materialism big in my eyes? Come on, I dare you. Come on. Am I too wrapped up with stuff, Lord? Show us, Lord. Bring us back to the place of contentment today, oh Lord God. Because we're never no more like you than we are when we are consistent in all of our dealings, in all of our actions, oh Lord God Almighty. Never no more like you than, we are cons- than when we are consistent. Teach me. Teach me. Come on, pray that prayer. Teach me how to be content. Remember, I didn't say God's against you having anything. But in what you have, pray right now. Teach me how to be content. Rosetta, I didn't understand the weight of this word content. So I kept studying it and I kept studying it and I kept studying it and it led back to a word that we can all relate to. It's called faithful. Blessed are thou, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. The word contentment is the first cousin to the word faithful that I'm just faithful in the fiery furnace. I'm faithful in the lion's den. I'm faithful when I'm broke. I'm faithful when I got plenty. Just being faithful. Just being faithful. 
Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.